0: Rick Jensen, on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. In 2003, remember the big debates over the Iraq War? And when Bush finally did get, well, agreement from Congress to go to war in Iraq, I was wondering out loud, why so much of the National Guard? As opposed to regular Army, Marines and all. And of course, they were involved in the war too, but... At one point, it's like half of the military in Iraq were National Guard from the United States. Right. Every single unit of the National Guard in this country has served in Iraq or Afghanistan. Like 300,000 citizen soldier, soldiers. And I was wondering, well, well, why? And then something even more horrible happened here in Delaware, and that is that as these men and women, mostly men, were pulled up, and sent overseas, families were left here without suitable income. Oh, oh, they might get their salary replaced. Let's say a guy is a mechanic; he's making, you know, forty-eight, fifty grand a year. Let's say he's making fifty grand a year as a mechanic. Got three kids, wife, uh, family van that's falling apart, stuff like that. But he would make another twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year doing repairs. At his home, you know, Shade Tree Mechanics, things like that. So a friend of mine, Mark Wolfrey, who's uh, in banking here, started a nonprofit. And we got, uh, oh, my gosh, we got people from the National Guard on it uh, and other folks, too. Raised a lot of money to help these people. And then that organization got folded into Family Services with the National Guard. They liked that organization so much. Mark did a great job. But why? I mean, you're going to pull these people on the National Guard for this. there are a lot of people around the country who are angry about this. Many of them are libertarians. As a matter of fact, there is now an organization of people who don't want this to ever happen again. It's called defendtheguard.us. And I'm asking you to go online and look at defendtheguard.us. Uphold the Constitution. To defend the guard... Legislation would prohibit a state's national guard unit from being deployed into active combat without a formal declaration of war by Congress, as provided by the Constitution. Producer Randy, yes, sir. I know that uh, you you are um, a staunch libertarian. Yes, even uh, even to the point of uh, of the cringeworthiness of some some of these ideas.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, good there. Yes.
0: Dylan Griffith. Uh, is with the Libertarian Party of Delaware, and let's see. Uh, let's get him on on the uh, phone right now because he's on the state board. Uh, Dylan, thanks for being on, man.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I, uh, I appreciate the
0: opportunity to talk about this. So this is a countrywide movement. I, I find it very hard to believe that you're going to get Democrats to join on board unless you got Tulsi Gabbard to defend the Constitution. And prevent the National Guard from being used in a war again without an actual declaration of war. Am I wrong? Are you getting Democrats around the country behind this as well?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, around the country, I would say that largely um, this is going to be a thing that is going to be support- supported a lot by libertarians and uh, by people on the right. Because kind of that perspective has shifted here recently, where uh, now it is a little bit more popular on the right to be anti-war and and and. You know, decades ago, that would have been on the left. But certainly we have more support from the right. But it is definitely a uh, an all-partisan effort, right? There's interest from everyone in supporting this, Democrats and Republicans alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for good reason. You know, it's it's a worthwhile thing to support.
0: Well, let's get into this a little bit. So uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11, U.S. Constitution grants Congress the power to declare war. The president derives the power to direct the military after this congressional declaration of war. From Article 2, Section 2, which uh, which uh, names the President the Commander in Chief of the Armed Forces. Now, if you get to the authorization for use of military force uh, against, uh, let's see, Iraq, it's a resolution of 2002. I want to share this with you because to me, it sounds like a declaration of war. And we had this debate back in uh, 2002, 2003, uh, and thereon as well. The authorization. The president is authorized to use the armed forces of the United States as he determines to be necessary and appropriate in order to defend the national security of the United States against the continuing threat posed by Iraq and enforce all relevant U.N. Security Council resolutions regarding Iraq. It doesn't say we declare war, but I've always believed that that sounded like a declaration from Congress or at least a permission from Congress saying, yes, we are giving you our imprimatur uh, to go to war against Iraq. Tell me why you think, and I'm going to presume, because I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to presume that you think that's incorrect.
1: I, I certainly do, yeah. But um, And, and it, it is one of those things where uh, you're really getting into some of the minutiae of the of the differences between a declaration and AUMF, they seem like they're the same kind of thing on the surface, but they're definitely not. So, a a, a declaration of war is uh, is us formally saying, you know, as a country, and all those all those Congress people coming together and saying it as well as representatives for their states, uh, we we are at war with someone, right? This this person is a threat to us and our nation. Uh, they are our enemy. And uh, the difference between that being a declaration of war and the AUMF. Is uh, An AUMF is Congress saying there is a war, right? Uh-huh. Not we're at war with this country, but there is a war going on, and Congress abdicates a specific section of their authority to the president uh, so that federal forces can be deployed more readily. But that power under an AUMF is not the same as a declaration of war. Uh, that, that is just kind of giving him the authority to do what he needs to do with those federal forces. And uh, the reason that uh, Defend the Guard wants to limit um, the deployment of guardsmen specific to a declaration of war is because we want to ensure that if guardsmen are being deployed, it is only when all those representatives on behalf of their constituents say together as all of the states, this place is a threat and we are okay with our state resources being federalized and using in this being used in this conflict.
0: Let me stop you right there. So to understand what you're saying. Every single state has to agree with this, and if one uh, doesn't, then the whole thing just falls apart, and they can't use the guard.
1: Well, I'm not so. I, w- I would say that if a state, if a specific state is not okay with its uh, with its National Guard assets being deployed to a conflict, then that state itself should be able to bow out. Okay. Um, but uh, but but we want to ensure that with the uh, defend the guard that. Um, if, if guardsmen are being deployed to a conflict, it is because it is a an, an existential threat to the country. Right? So, those, yeah. those guardsmen aren't, aren't warriors first and foremost. Those guardsmen are first responders in their communities, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, if they had wanted to be a, a federal asset, there was already a path available to them that had the type of time commitment that an enlistment of the Guard would have provided. They could have joined the reserves, right? If they had said, look, I want to fight the enemies of the United States abroad, or I want to at least be available to do that, there was a role for them. They could have joined the reserves and done that, but they didn't want to do that. Right. They felt more of a commitment to their community and maybe did not necessarily agree with what was going on at the federal level. And they wanted an additional way to serve the people that they lived with. They wanted to support them and for them to then be kind of uh, de facto federalized, starting kind of with that AOMF and then continuing for nearly you know, 20, 20 to 30 years past that point, nearly um, is is kind of shameful, right? Those, those people should have been home, supporting their communities.
0: Now, I remember we talked about this, again, back in 2002, 2003, and such, and uh, and I brought to the conversation, well, uh, President uh, you know, Jefferson defeated the pirates, basically using U.S. warships to take them to the Mediterranean Sea. He called it a war on piracy. It was never really declared. So this, uh, this use of military, uh, whether it's the war on terror or the war on pirates, which is another form of Terror is not unusual in our country. How, how do you, if I may, how do you back that up? Well,
1: I and mean, I, I would not back it up. No, right? no, no. Uh, let, me, let me, let me. Bad phrasing. How
0: would up. you reverse? How would you? How would you? No, I don't mean support it. Uh, yeah. I meant more like back that thing up. Uh, yeah. How how do you how do you reverse? Uh, you know this sort of things going on in this country because uh, again this language um, is it sounds very much like a declaration of war without, as you said, using the words, we declare war.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like one, and uh, that is for good reason, right? They want to use the language that sounds like the type of language that should be used, mm-hmm. uh, but but they don't want to have to try to reach the level of uh, agreement that is necessary to actually get that declaration of war. So it's kind of uh, what we would typically expect at the federal level, but it's kind of uh, definitional obfuscation, right? It's mind tricks. And uh, they want to be able to, first and foremost, use these assets that are funded at the state level like they are uh, a federal resource, but they're not.
0: That's a really good uh, point, especially about the weasel wording, too, my phrase, uh, not necessarily yours, but feel free to use it if you like you know Joe Biden say oh yeah we signed all this we didn't think bush was really going to go to war oh, he lied to us he, he he i was fooled he tricked me and and, and you know Joe Biden of course either he uh, either pop popularly really remembers re- re- it remembers it that way or again he's lying again so i i think it's you know obviously they're lying again um, like you suggested you could vote for war and say you didn't vote for war using this AUMF language, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it, that's the reason for it. It's, okay, so no
0: more foreign entanglements or incursions. Do it. No more foreign entanglements or incursions until uh, Congress uses what words? What do you think uh, Congress needs to say verbatim in order to declare war?
1: But it would, would be a, f- a formal declaration of war a formal a formal declaration that there is an enemy out there that is a threat to um, that, that is an existential threat to the united states
0: and uh, your defend the guard dot u s defend the guard dot u s movement here to defend the guard by with legislation that would prohibit a state 's national guard from being uh, deployed in the act of combat without this formal declaration of war by Congress. Uh, how long has this movement been going on, and how are you doing?
1: Yeah, so it is a relatively new movement. I, it, uh, when I say relatively, I would say uh, kind of it's it's been going on for about 10 years within that time frame. Now, I, I don't know the exact history of it, but um, uh, here in Delaware, uh, it's very new. It's this this year and, and early last year, we have just kind of started to get it off the ground. But uh, Defend the Guard in general uh, is now kind of beginning to be widely adopted it's it's starting to be a conversation in many of the states i would say three dozen states it is introduced into their uh, assemblies right as a as a prospective bill and uh in maybe a dozen and a half of those it is now reaching the point where it's going into committee so th- there's there's an appetite for this and and that appetite is really being fueled by uh decades and decades of people seeing their guardsmen being deployed to conflicts that don't really make sense for those people who, again, are really first responders in their communities. Uh,
0: I, I just signed of, up to get your, uh, being deployed to those conflicts. I just signed up to get your emails here as well. But, uh, but with that, um, are you looking for people to, to sign on a, a petition um, online, anything like that?
1: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. We are. Um, so uh, here in Delaware, uh, we've got defend the guard, Delaware, that's, uh, that's the term that you can use to pull us up on both Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, and from both of those resources, you will see templates that are accessible to any, anyone here. If they want to send a message to their representatives in support of this bill, they can go there, download those templates and, and use those. If they want to uh, reach out to us and find ways that they can get involved, they can send us messages through those platforms, again, at uh, Defend the Guard Delaware um, they can send us messages through there and we'll tell them how they can begin to get involved. And then if you're not here in Delaware, you can go to, as you said, Defend the Guard uh, US.
0: Yeah, Defend the Guard dot they, US. They will help
1: you to get acquainted. Yeah, I just saw this US. on, on yeah, Twitter. help you to get acquainted with, with a local resource.
0: Yeah, like I said, I just saw this on Twitter and I, I was actually on the other one because I saw the, the handouts the and what the founders say and things like that. And you're, you know, i know trying to get a lot of press for this. Uh, what are, do you have any, Response or anything for, from active members of the National Guard, especially maybe any uh, division generals?
1: Um, so I, I do not have communication with any of those people personally. I, I can't write off the top of my head. I, I would imagine that there is some level of communication. i kind of at the upper tiers of things, especially with generals. You're going to get into uh, talking about people who's, uh, who over decades their interests have been um, canted toward the federal end of things, right? Mm-hmm. Because for decades now, these guards units have been used in this federal way. And uh, that has modified, right? They're not training for those local emergencies the same way that they used to, right? Because this is becoming their new normal. So at that general level, you're probably going to see people who maybe. Maybe you're thinking about this the wrong way, because that is the thing that is supporting the resources and assets that are being given to them in order to to, to promulgate this effort.
0: I see online you have uh, chapters in some states, Idaho, for example, one, and it says Delaware, when I click this, uh, suggest a chapter. So are you guys starting a, a chapter of defend the guard here Maybe. in Delaware?
1: We are, yeah. Sorry. It's, uh, it's new here in Delaware. We're just now getting this up and off the ground. So you'll see that populating there And shortly, I would imagine. But okay. we're, we're definitely here.
0: Okay, good. So, you know, on social media, just uh, Google Defend the Guard Delaware, and it'll pop up on Twitter and such like that. Uh, the website doesn't seem to be as, as interactive, I guess. Uh, do you have a Facebook page for interactive communication with people?
1: We definitely do. That's Defend the Guard Delaware as well.
0: Okay. Good to know. Uh, Producer Randy. Yes. I I wanted to ask you a question. It's slightly off topic, but still relatable um, Mm
1: -hmm. because you know things, all things libertarian. Um, A topic that comes up on this program quite often is. Well, Trump wanted to get us out of all these wars. He wanted to, but he wasn't allowed to. Because people like Liz Cheney and Lindsey Graham and, and Rick, you know the, the reason why. What, what's the goofy-ass reason why he wasn't allowed
0: to? So twice a year you have appropriations bills uh, for the military. And during one of them, Liz Cheney and a Democrat, I think out of Colorado, uh, wrote up a uh, an amendment that went into the appropriations bill that said, you can't remove any troops from any foreign country. Uh, unless you can prove without a uh, shadow of a doubt that there will be no ill effects to any uh, American al- or allies uh, in regards to their leaving the troops. So if one person got killed because you left uh, Afghanistan or Iraq, then um, you can't pull any troops out. Or, you know, it, and that's what it was. That's how Liz Cheney and the Democrat and other warmongers uh, made sure that Trump could not pull troops out.
1: Meanwhile, when Ron Paul was running, he said day one, I would pull everyone out and I believe him and I don't feel like I have any reason to not believe him. Can you elaborate on that? Is that, are you familiar with this uh, at all, Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to some extent, I mean, sure. So, uh, certainly, um, the description that was given there on, on how you can kind of get, uh, the president's authority locked up via political gamesmanship is correct. That's definitely a thing that goes on at that, at that federal level. But, um, Sure. Ron Paul would have pulled him out and he would have been well within his authority to do it. Uh, He is the commander in chief. Right. And and he has the authority to to make those types of unilateral decisions if he wants to. And uh, any any kind of hand wringing or uh, any kind of saying that their their hands were tied and were unable to do it is really just someone prioritizing their own political interests over uh, the lives of deployed soldiers. And, and we, we should not have been there. We were there for the wrong reasons, and we should have been out a long time ago. And any president could have made that happen, but they did not.
0: You know, I think about the partisanship behind this, and you're so correct. The 1960s, for example, uh, the Republicans would be where the Democrats are right now when it comes to waging war. And back in 2003, uh, for example, it was uh, the Democrats and Republicans all wanted to go, except for a, a, short, a small number of people. Uh, but the Democrats pretended like they didn't want to go. And now we have generals coming yeah. back and saying, oh, yeah, it was about oil. you know." So, And you can make that debate whether or not uh, oil is a, a matter of national security and we should go attack another country for it. I think that would have been the more honest debate. But what I, what I really want to know is uh, have you reached out to uh, anybody who's, say, uh, libertarian-minded Democrats and Tulsi Gabbard comes to my mind?
1: Yeah, so we're definitely reaching out to uh, to, to members of, of both of the big parties for support. That's the thing that's happening. But just I, I'd, I'd like to state real quick that this is actually a, it is not a partisan effort. You know, this is a thing that is at the heart of, of libertarianism, right? The desire to not be engaged in these types of conflicts. Yeah. But it's not a libertarian effort. No,
0: no, no. In it's, fact, uh, as I was looking up Hawaii, support. to your point, I looked up Hawaii and I see Representative Dale Kobayashi. He's a Democrat and uh, he's a primary sponsor of this. Uh, out of uh, Hawaii, so, yeah. you know, it can be bipartisan.
1: It can, and it should, right? Everyone yes. should want this. The only reason that people do not at this point is because decades of war have, have blurred the lines. They now look at guardsmen, and it's difficult for them to see the difference between a national guardsman and a, and a federal soldier, but they exist in different groups for a reason, right? Their roles are vastly different. Yes. And the fact that those lines have been blurred is deliberate obfuscation so that the federal government can make use of state resources to protect federal interests. Dylan. Right? They're different, they have different jobs.
0: Dylan Griffith uh, with the Delaware Libertarian Party here on the Jensen Show. I really appreciate you being on. DefendtheGuard.us, good place to start. Or just go ahead and Google Defend the Guard Delaware. See it on Facebook, see it on Twitter, sign up, join it. I think it's a great idea. Let's make sure we get back to the Constitution. Declaration of War is indeed uh, something that Congress decides, not uh, you know this uh, authorization of use of military force. And we've got to have the words, we declare war. So, Dylan, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate this. And we'll talk again, and I certainly hope that this movement grows in Delaware.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.